0: Well, it's a fantastic drop that you brought us tonight, Michael.
1: It is indeed. Tonight we are talking about port, and uh,
0: you are listening to a good drop. A good drop indeed. I'm Stuart. I'm Michael. And tonight we're going to talk to you about port. Cheers. Cheers. i i'm I really like this one you brought us what is it a uh, gen Pfeiffer's? yes
1: this is the uh, the Jen Pfeiffer the diamond 10 year old Rutherglen tawny
0: it's very 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 smooth and very warming like you'd expect in a really good port
1: yeah I, I agree it's it's everything you you want a a tawny port to be mmm I think. Where did you get it? So, uh, I as as with many of the uh, the wines that uh, that we've covered, I, I got it from uh, from Naked Wines.
0: Naked Wines,
1: which is um, they only sell small wines from small winemakers. Not a sponsor? No, not a sponsor. <laughs> I, I wish they were a sponsor. No, I, I pay them for my wine. They don't pay me for it. Not yet. Not yet. But it's but uh, it's, it's, it's it's really nice. It's good wine. There's there's a lot of good independent winemakers in australia Mm. oh
0: australia has fantastic wines some of the best in the world
1: yeah and certainly i think the the proof of that is in this tawny which is just a fantastic
0: it's bloody beautiful mm, mate fantastic
1: (laughs) drop and uh it's um the uh according to um according to their information the diamond rutherglen tawny has an average age of 10 years with uh, some of the blend being up to 15 years old, and uh, they say it has aromas of hazelnuts and mixed spice, with a palate that's warm and nutty and silky and light, with a lingering hazelnut aftertaste. Now, yeah, I, I, can, I can see hazelnut. I, yeah, I, I would uh, agree with that. Certainly, the aftertaste is really pleasant; like it, it coats your tongue very nicely. Mm.
0: I would also say there's a bit of honey in there as well.
1: Yeah, I agree. There's the the sweetness of it. It's not overpowering, but no, it's it's definitely a dessert wine. There's no doubt about that. Sure is.
0: I I could drink a whole bottle of that, no problems. <laughs> yeah, so I don't, I don't recommend it.
1: <laughs> no, not 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 a whole bottle at once. It would be almost a shame.
0: It'd be a, yeah, it'd be a waste. Yeah,
1: but uh, I will because I'm I'm slightly impressed by uh, by by Jen Pfeiffer. I'm going to talk about her very briefly because. Uh, she was born in 1980 and actually made her first wine at the age of 20 in the year 2000. Wow. wow. Yeah, and because she um, originally worked for the, the family business of Pfeiffer Wines. And uh, her first wine was for them. And she's still producing wines for them. But in the last several years, she began making wines under her own Gen Pfeiffer label. Why wouldn't you? Yeah, and is now making a wide variety of... Uh, of wines, from uh, Rieslings and Chardonnays to Merlots, Tempranillos, and, of course, this lovely 20 port.
0: That's really interesting.
1: And uh, while this port itself hasn't won any awards, Jen Pfeiffer has actually won over 300 medals in the time that she's been producing wines.
0: In 17 years. That's yeah, awesome. That's awesome. That's at least 10... 10- Ten to twenty awards a year.
1: Yeah, it's 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 impressive, and I think yeah. it it shows in the quality of of the wine that that we're drinking mm.
0: here. It really does. Might have to get another bottle of yeah, that.
1: There's there's definitely some experience in. She knows what she's doing. Mm.
0: That's really good. So port, uh, also called vino do vino do vino do Porto. Uh, it's a a British invention, really. Uh, Way back in the 17th century, 18th 18th century, Uh, the Brits used to get 18th century, because the numbers are backwards. The 18th century is the 1700s. Yes. Yeah. That gets me confused sometimes. Anyway, in the 1700s, the Brits used to get their port, sorry, not port, get their wine from France, uh, because France was the biggest wine grow in the region and you know the, the Brits and the French don't like each other and and they had a few wars so during those wars they would get their wines elsewhere uh, and one of those regions was Portugal but it wasn't very often that port, port wines it wasn't very often that wines themselves from Portugal survived the journey so uh, what they what a couple of brothers discovered was that uh, the Portuguese used to make this fortified version, and it were it appealed to the English sensibilities of liking sweet things. Uh, so, well, and it keeps better than than yeah, regular wine. That that was the other big thing mm. about it. They discovered it was going to survive the journey from Portugal to. Britain, so they they bought like this entire guy's bottle, the, the entire bottle. They, they out is yeah. basically yeah. yeah, and shipped the whole lot over to England and and then their love for port was discovered.
1: Yeah, and uh, of course it it is um, technically a, a Portuguese fortified wine produced exclusively in the Douro Valley. Mm. in the
0: uh, in in but, your region
1: yeah in um, in portugal mm. and yeah
0: it's protected under the appellation d'origine Contrale.
1: well in um, in, europe, in at, europe at least
0: mm. same way champagne and cognac is protected in france
1: yeah exactly so in countries outside of europe Pretty much anything like what we're drinking can be called a port.
0: It can. But, I don't think it's actually called that in Australia, though. I think no. We, well, it's we follow the the European law.
1: Mm, well, this is. I mean, this is called a tawny port, not port, but still a tawny
0: port. It, is it called? Is it called? Is it actually called a port? It, is it, port on the label? Oh yeah, it's on the bottle. Oh, there you go. Because I... most of the stuff you buy at uh, Dan. Dan Murphy's. No, actually,
1: it's not in the bottle. It's, uh, yeah, 10-year-old Rutherglen Tawny. It does not Mm. say port. That's what I
0: thought, because at Dan Murphy's and most bottle shops I go to, I don't see port, called port, unless it's from Portugal.
1: Yeah, and of course, the uh, the standard rule of thumb in America is that anything can be labelled port, but only imports can be called Oporto, Porto, or Vino de Porto.
0: Hmm. So they're they're slightly different to us. Yeah. But, you know, you sort of gathered that from their accents. Yes, very,
1: (laughs) very true, very true. And, uh, of course, there's actually a lot of countries outside of Portugal that produce fortified wine in the port style, Mm. which are, you know, uh, France, South Africa, Canada, India, Argentina, America, and, of course, Australia.
0: Yeah, I'm... I don't think I've actually had an official port before. I think I've only ever drunk Australian versions.
1: Yeah, I, I think I've also only drunk Australian wine in the port style rather than an actual Portuguese port.
0: We need to fix this, mickle
1: We do. We need to find a
0: Portuguese port. For our good listeners, we need to <laughs> let them know.
1: Yeah, th- everything that's on our list today, our top drop, our good drop and our odd drop are all Australian today. Mm and i mean they're all bloody good so. yeah
0: well that's that's what you'd expect from us wouldn't isn't it
1: yes well exactly we are we are all about getting that good
0: drop mm-hmm. so but, when uh, when we started researching port i had no idea how huge this topic was going to be i thought there was just tawny and vintage
1: yeah once uh, once we started really digging into the styles it it comes in several styles that can be divided into two broad categories. And uh, that's um, those that are matured in uh, sealed, airtight bottles and those matured in wooden barrels. Now, the uh, maturing in sealed bottles results in what's called uh, reductive aging, and that's a process that uh, leads to the wine slowly losing its colour and uh, produces a drink that's smoother on the palate and less tannic. Whereas the small amount of oxygen exposure that's allowed through ageing in wooden barrels results in oxidative ageing where the colour is lost at a faster pace and uh, some volume is lost to evaporation as well. So you end up with a uh, slightly more viscous port at the end of
0: it. A little bit, so viscous meaning a little bit thicker. More, yeah. More like a syrup yeah, more more or can syrupy be. can be more like a syrup.
1: Yes, and uh, the the colour is very different to if it had been mm. made the other way. Now, um, the the different styles. Uh, ruby port is uh, the most commonly produced and usually the cheapest. And uh, after fermentation, it is stored in uh, airtight, either concrete or stainless steel tanks, to uh, induce the reductive aging. And preserve the bright red color and full-bodied fruitiness that uh, is indicative of a ruby port.
0: I wonder if you can taste whether it's been in a concrete uh, barrel. Mm, like, I, w- would there you, be a stony flavour to it, or you, do you think you be...
1: that there, there must be something? I mean, stainless steel you taste nothing, mm. but you would think there must be something from concrete, like there is from wood or maybe or copper. I have no idea.
0: Maybe because they've been used so many times that there's... There'd be no difference, yeah. yeah. It could be like polished concrete or something, where there's no gas. It's not a porous surface at all.
1: Well, and apparently the uh, the wine is fined and cold-filtered before it's bottled, and uh, it doesn't generally improve with age, though uh, there are premium rubies that are aged in wood from 46 years Mm. after they've been produced. Now, uh, 20 ports are uh, wines made from, uh, from red grapes that are aged in wooden barrels. And uh, due to the oxidation and evaporation, they gradually mellow to a golden brown colour and develop a, uh, a nutty flavour and aroma. Now, uh, aged tawnies are uh, sweet or medium dry, typically consumed as dessert wines. And um, usually when a port is described as tawny without any indication of age, It's a base blend of wood-aged port that has spent some time in wooden barrels. But um, above that, in in quality of tawnies, are the ones that have an age listed on them. Hmm. But that age does not actually refer to the age of the blend per se, so much as the age profile that they were going for.
0: Interesting, because when you see something that's uh, ten year old, ten year old tawny, or twenty year tawny, you sort of expect it to be twenty years old.
1: Yeah, and um, yeah, apparently that doesn't have to be the case. I, I believe it is with what we're drinking at the moment, because they they say so on their website that that okay. is the vintage of those grapes. Right. But technically, it doesn't have to be. Though the official categories for labelling are 10, 20, 30, and over 40 years, they, they, yeah, they talk about the target age profile, not the actual ages. Hmm. And admittedly, they, uh, Gen 5 for themselves do say that in their 10-year, some of the grapes are up to a 15-year vintage. So they're not all 10, but they've gone over instead of under. Mm. Whereas they probably could have gotten away with going under and still calling it a 10, because yeah. that was the main profile.
0: That makes sense. Um, there's a huge amount of styles, I think. There's about 10 different oh, styles? There's,
1: there's heaps more. I'll, I'll, I'll give us detail on one more and then mm. just rattle off the others.
0: Well, Australian... Well, tawny is one of the two most popular styles that you'll find in Australia, along with vintage. Uh, most of the vineyards in Australia produce one of those two different styles. Uh, and is what you're most likely to see at the bottle shops.
1: Yes, indeed. The because uh, uh, about beyond that, you're going into the more premium ones that are a bit harder to find, mm. like the uh, the Colheita style is a single vintage, made and aged in the Tawny style, but for at least seven years before they then age it further.
0: Yeah. It's a crazy so, amount of effort. Yeah,
1: so some of them are aged up to up to twenty years, all up. Wow. And um, let's get a and, bottle of that too. And yeah, so that's the the difference <laughs> between them and a vintage, because a vintage port will typically spend about eighteen months in a barrel mm. after being harvested before it's matured in bottles. Whereas, yeah, a coal heater will spend twenty or more years in wooden barrels before being bottled and sold. And, uh, yeah, so there you don't find them as much because they're more expensive, they're older, mm. and they're a far more premium port. Now, the the other styles, and like I said, I'm just going to rattle these off because there's still quite a few of them. The uh, Gariford, uh Reservoir Vintage Character Ruby Port, Rose Port, White Port, Late Bottled Vintage, Vintage, which we briefly mentioned earlier, uh, Crusted, and uh,
0: Single Quinter Vintage. <laughs> I think you need to mention what crusted means.
1: All right, so the uh, the crusted style is basically a, a mix of different vintages that has been bottled unfiltered, so there's a lot of sediment still uh, mm. still in the bottle.
0: So you'd need to decanter it, decant filter it and decant it. Maybe you don't need to filter it, probably just decanter it, yeah, decanter and you, it you just to catch, catch, the the sediment. Sediment to catch the sediment, catch the sediment, mm. yeah. It's very Very complicated. Much more complicated than I was expecting it to be. Yeah. I just want to get my bottle from the bottle shop and drink my deliciously sweet alcoholic beverage. Yes. (laughs) Yes, indeed. Don't be all... But now there's a huge amount of history involved. Like, way, way more than I thought there was. Um... It's just, just blown, blown my mind. Like it's, I thought it was just, uh, vineyards just concentrating the red wine or something when they, and then called it port because it was a fortified wine. They fortify it with more wine. Yeah. But it's, uh, it's fortified with, it used to get fortified with brandy wine. Wine brandy.
1: Mm, though Yeah, what what they call brandy wine is nothing like actual brandy. It's not, a different product altogether. Not any
0: more. Mm. It yeah. They are now, I believe, they use a neutral grain, nu- not neutral grain, neutral grape spirit.
1: Yes, I believe
0: that is the not case. not yeah. grain.
1: Yes, neutral grape spirit.
0: Hm. <laughs> mm, which is technically brandy, but it's distilled from wine. Yeah, so yeah, it is wine fortified with more wine, just distilled, fortified with distilled wine.
1: Hmm. Yes, and uh, was was there? There was some interesting history there. Not not quite at
0: the level of a riot, but there was something that went terribly wrong. Oh, yeah. it went so bad. So, in about the early nineteenth or late nineteenth century, uh, people started using steamboats to transport stuff between continents. And one of the uh, characteristics characteristics of a steamboat is that they're usually much more humid and warm than a regular boat. So what happens is more bugs can get transferred between continents. This is why quarantine matters. So in the... In, the beginning of the 19th century, an American root insect called, I wrote this down, uh, phylloxera, it destroyed most of the European vineyards and Portuguese vineyards as it, you know, ate, just ate the roots and killed them outright. So most of the Portuguese just either gave up or treated their the soil in the vineyards with this toxic chemicals that meant they couldn't grow grapes anyway and yeah they just sold them all off to to the brits who who held on to them until a solution came around which was in the form of american grapes they uh, they grafted the roots of the grapes as you probably remember from the wine episode they grafted the roots and of the American grape varieties onto the plants and vines of the European grape varieties to produce the most of the wines that we drink today, most of the European wines that we drink today. So, the the port we're drinking from Portugal is probably owned by a British person or a British family and not by the Portuguese. Interesting. Yeah, I thought that was quite quite interesting yeah. too. Yeah,
1: and yeah, certainly proof that um, you got to watch those little bugs and nasties that could potentially come in, and because the last thing we need is that happening
0: to the Australian wine industry. It would be devast- It was devastating back then, but it'll be equally devastating now. I believe. Oh yeah. Because Australian Australia's quarantine is top notch. You cannot sneak anything through without someone noticing.
1: Mm, very true. Very true indeed. I I tried to have someone bring in some uh, some Lowach coffee for me, and it got picked up in quarantine, and they let me keep the box that it came in. <laughs> that was that
0: was the extent of it. Wow. Well, at least you got to keep the box. Yeah, it was a nice box. Just not the coffee you were hoping for. Yes. Wow. So yeah, this if you if you mess with quarantine, you could just decimate the the wine industry
1: industry i mean there's lots Mm. of industries rely on plants yeah i think about the the corn industry in the u.s Mm. the wine industry here the sugarcane industry yeah sugarcane lots of i mean i don't think europe is as big on plant-based industries now as they once were But they still have a lot of producers They'll have their own farms, for sure Yeah, and a lot lot of producers of apples Because they they still produce a lot of... I mean, England produces a lot of cider (laughs) (laughs) Funny that
0: Yeah It's a fantastic drink
1: It it is a fantastic... Now, speaking of
0: fantastic drinks Oh, yes Let's get on to the top drop Top drop The toppest of drops
1: Yes, so uh, that is the Hardee's Rare 2025
0: year today It is a... Really ta- That's my phone going off. Somebody forgot to put it on silent. Uh, the tasting notes sound really nice. Really tasty. The sumptuous, luscious, tawny, sweet wine with leafy aromas of mandarin, peel, and sweet spice. Nutty and tangy on the palate. Rich, grippy finish. It's 20%. It's red. And it's one gold at the international wine challenge 2017
1: yeah, and and uh, hardy's actually has has quite a history as as a wine
0: producer in australia don't they yeah they've been around since 1857 and they're uh, they're fifth generation wine makers
1: yeah so you'd you'd
0: expect all, good things from uh, from them really good things in fact i'm probably going to hunt down one of these bottles uh, i'm adding it to my list
1: I'll admit it it does sound quite good. And
0: uh so the odd drop for this episode is not as funny as previous ones because yeah, like brandy and champagne.
1: Yeah port being slightly classier mm. has a slightly classier silly name. So it is uh, Mr. Pickwick's particular tawny, yeah. which is still a little bit of a mouthful to say. Uh, and it sounds it a little bit a
0: little g- funny. Gave me a little giggle. Yeah. Just um, a poor smirk.
1: But uh, it's as as with a number of our uh, odd drops, it actually sounds quite good. It's uh, a mellow and well-rounded wine, uh, matured in small oak casks to enrich the bouquet and flavor. It's uh, apparently got a deep, rich color and palate. It's produced in South Australia, right, right here. In um in Australia and uh, apparently it uh, it won a trophy at the Royal Adelaide Wine Show in 2014, as well as two gold medals at the Royal Adelaide and Royal Melbourne Wine Shows in 2014.
0: It's won more awards than our top drop.
1: Yeah, though in in two uh, three years ago though it, three it years. won them
0: three years ago. Mm. It's probably still damn good.
1: Yeah, it could have been our top drop three years ago if we had a podcast then <laughs> if we had a podcast back then. <laughs>
0: Yeah, I think we picked the top drop as it was. It had won the most recent uh, awards for Tawny.
1: Yeah, I mean, because the, the, the more recent awards means that the one you're going to go and buy from the bottle shop now mm. is most likely from the same batch that won the award.
0: Correct. Which means that's a bottle I'm going to hunt down now. Yeah. Not y- three years ago. Yeah, you don't want to
1: wait. Exactly.
0: So... Court. Who knew there'd be so much to it? We've skimmed yeah. over a lot of stuff.
1: Oh yeah, we've we've left a lot out. Now if if there's enough interest, if there's a request, we can come back, we can do port two, the reporting.
0: Reporting. <laughs>
1: if <laughs> yeah, if it is requested by our listeners, there will be a sequel because there is You've
0: got to go deeper.
1: Yeah, there's well and truly enough content to go deeper into port. I mean, we the styles alone, we left out like six styles that we didn't talk about. Mm.
0: And it's all really really tasty. So, yeah, we'll probably get this on our next time around.
1: Yeah, so if um, if you request it, we'll definitely do it. Otherwise, we'll probably do it. <laughs> probably do it anyway. <laughs> As and we'll have to
0: drink more port, which well, is a crying shame. It would, would be a terrible thing to have to drink more port.
1: Yeah. And, uh, yeah, so as, so as always... Well, hang
0: on. When was the first time you had some port, Michael? Oh,
1: gosh. The first time I had port. Let's, that's let's going, do some reminiscing. That's
0: going back a long <laughs> ways. <laughs> Me too. Because
1: uh, I, I don't even remember. I mean, a long time. Because I, I remember my great-grandmother always had port in in her house okay because she would have a glass of it before bed
0: yep to, a nightcap
1: uh, yeah a nightcap yeah exactly and um so it, it wasn't unusual if there was a big family dinner at her place for there to be a bit of port mm. and everybody could have a, a little bit even the kids because it was it was sweet we didn't mind it
0: either yeah and so, it's not not very very alcoholic and the amount you drink you probably wouldn't get. Drunk over.
1: Yeah, well, and I mean, red red wine has always been a family meal drink. Mm.
0: Certainly in Italy and other European
1: countries, it's... Are you Italian? No, Scottish.
0: Oh, there you go. <laughs> Never mind. But... <laughs> the way you said it made it sound like you had Italian heritage.
1: No, that's just a thing, I guess. I mean, it's... Yeah, in European countries in general, drinking yeah. red wine with dinner is not unusual.
0: Mm. So, and couple of hundred years ago, people would drink it for breakfast too.
1: Yeah. Yes, exactly right. So I I was young, I know that.
0: Mm, I probably would have been fourteen or fifteen when I had my first sip of port. It was the same. It was a family dinner and dad gave me a, a let me try some and yeah, it's super duper sweet. Uh so that that's how I remember it. Yeah. Always it's... being a, a sweet, tasty drink that that warms you from the inside mm. but doesn't burn your throat on the way down like a whiskey or a brandy
1: yes it's a, it's a gateway drink
0: <laughs> <laughs> like moscato
1: like moscato <laughs> yeah only better
0: only better yeah much probably much more col- culture to it than moscato The
1: moscato yes i mean yeah the there are some very cultured drinks based on muscat grapes, but that's something for another time as that well. That is
0: another episode. We're going to do uh, a muscat episode at, at some point. But the next episode we're going to be doing is cocktails. Check my notes. Cocktails.
1: Yes, we'll be talking all about cocktails.
0: This is a big one, guys. It's going to be a two-parter. Yeah,
1: because there's there's a lot to cover on cocktails.
0: But and we we'll record it all at once though. Yeah, but split it into two. So our yeah. <laughs> our second half were going to be probably three or four cocktails in because yeah, we we just we
1: couldn't work out a way to break up that content sensibly into two individual episodes mm. without just making it one big long two-parter with a, a cliffhanger in the middle.
0: Yeah, so we'll probably have uh we'll we'll describe it next week when we when when we
1: when we kick off into the episode we'll we'll talk about how uh how it's going to go mm. and uh yeah. in, oh, um,
0: before we before we go before we wrap it up how many bottle caps would you rate this port i'd give it a 9 yeah i'm i really really nice i also give give this one a 9 mm. but oh there's a bit of sediment in it huh um yeah, it, it ro- just rolls rolls off your tongue, just goes straight down. Um, I only got a little bit because I'm driving later, so, which is smart, um, because if I had more than a little bit, I would have drunk more than a little bit. It's very, very tasty. And certainly very easy to drink. Mm, for sure. Uh, so, uh, that... Yeah, that brings us to a close. Brings us to a close. So we will remind you to uh, share us with your friends. Yep. Yeah. Subscribe on iTunes. Uh, like us on Facebook. And follow us, of course. Hmm. Uh, send us an email.
1: Yep. Yeah, at uh, a good at gmail Yep.
0: Yeah. And or check out our website at. Uh, good drop podcast at dot com dot a u just a good drop com good sorry a good drop com it's been a while since yeah, i've looked a, at the website
1: yes, we're a good drop podcast on Facebook.
0: Mm. and iTunes.
1: and iTunes yes yes so uh, we've we've not really heard from any of you so do do talk to us because we we want to um, be doing the stuff you guys want to listen to
0: yeah if you have a a drink that not many people have heard of but believe there's heaps of history Send us a message. We'll gladly talk to you about it. Yes, indeed. So, um, until next time. Cheers. Cheers.